2: Hey, guys, with sports betting season in full force with football here, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BETUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1-800-69-BETUS. That is my Bet US. You receive 125% sign up bonus by using bonus code SST-125. That's SST-125. They have re-up and referral bonuses. Also, BetUS is known among America's favorite sportsbook for lots of reasons. Bet on team and player props, loads of NFL futures, UFC matches, PGA golf, live betting on most sports. The online casino has hundreds of games. The racebooks has all the horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginal. Follow my lead and get your phone online and sports betting partner with Integrity and longevity like I did. Bet U.S. You bet. You win. You get paid. Bet U.S.
3: In the South, it's always cottage football season. And the king of cottage football reigns supreme all year long. Now more cottage football talk with the king of College football. It's the Chuck Oliver Show
4: on Southern Sports Today. Hour two of the Chuck Oliver Show begins right now. I thought hour one was kind of groovy. We talked to Dave. Bar two, we do that because it's Tuesday, and bottom of hour two is when we talk. Or excuse me, bottom of hour one on Tuesday is when we talk with Dave. And there is so much going on. If we go back, I want to say it was either two or three weeks ago. Dave told us that he was involved in seventeen coaching conversations. I was like, "Well, there's only eleven openings." He's like, "Yeah, it's like there's about to be more." Like he had talked to multiple football ops ad's whomever about yeah we're gonna fire this guy uh let's start talking about things so appreciate dave coming on if same as always if there's a day where you didn't hear the interview or you want to hear it again or something did dave say this about my program you can go to thepodcastpark.com it's there you can like and subscribe to and all that stuff and you get it every single day tyler McComas, who we love talking to from uh sports talk uh 1400 out yonder in norman oklahoma We will discuss the OU opening and why you care is because they may be coming for your coach, depending on who you are. If you're Alabama or Georgia, I'm talking about an assistant. Um, But I don't know if that's really the game that OU is going to play. And then bottom of the hour, we're going to talk a little USC and their pursuit. Uh, Ryan Abraham, who was the publisher for uscfootball.com, we've had him on before Man, it was, and we schedule hour two because he's on the west coast, and so we'll you know let him sleep in a little bit. But uh, we'll talk with uh, Ryan Abraham about uh, USC and its pursuit and landing of Lincoln Riley and what could be ahead for the program. So that's uh, the rest of this hour right now. I'm gonna get you up to date.
3: Everything you need to know about college football every single day. This is CFB 365
4: oh my goodness I overshot a little bit I said programs handing out 100 million dollar contracts uh, like it's nothing the headline is Brian Kelly has left Notre Dame for LSU the sub headline says that's that's underneath the headline sometimes in you know italics kelly gets 10 year 95 million dollar deal i said it was a 100 million dollar deal dan where can he get another 5 million dollars in endorsements over the baton rouge over the next 10 years
5: like canes can he endorse canes all over the place canes dudley debosier you name the advertisements there it's all over the place
4: all right so 10 years he's going to get another 5 million so it will be 100 million dollars in compensation plus shoe this and tv that and whatever so that's i, I could not be more impressed um, I'm being a little casual with the numbers there, but uh, dadgummit, get him to 100. Um, could not be more impressed because Brian Kelly was a name that over the past, I'll say, several seasons. He had one down year Notre Dame where the Irish folks were looking at him and going, what? Um, but by and large, Brian Kelly is a guy that we always circled far enough around to include his name. Uh, And it was never even really advanced down the field very much. It was always mentioned, but it never gained any sort of traction. And now there's no traction. It's done. He's head coach at LSU. Uh, Headline. Riley says leaving OU was tough, but, quote, the right thing. Lincoln Riley, he's the head coach at USC now. And there's a lot of reasons that that happened. Partly is the pending move of Oklahoma to the SEC that he was going to have to restructure what that program was anyway. It's was like, well, maybe I'll just skip that whole thing, get a huge raise, uh, have an easier path. Because it is true. The only reason you leave the head coach job at Oklahoma is because you think there's an easier path to the goal. The goal of Oklahoma is national championship. I'm leaving because I think there's an easier path. So... He said he found it. And then I mentioned earlier, uh, Virginia Tech, they they have agreed on terms. They're going to sign uh, uh, Brent Pry. the Penn State defensive coordinator, is going to be the new Virginia Tech head coach, and he'll get his deal. Uh, Mike Bobo has been fired as OC at Auburn. And the OU roster, like I mentioned in hour one, uh, a lot of really premier players, a lot of talent exiting that program into the portal. As we speak, uh, consider yourself up to date and we will take a break and come back, talk a little OU football, Lincoln Riley leaving, who may be heading there. That's next.
3: Now more college football talk with the king of college football. It's the Chuck Oliver
4: show on Southern sports today. I am getting the feeling that it's not what does it take to be the next Oklahoma head coach, but it's more like who is it going to take to be the next job? It's, it's, it's all over the place. Guys with, who are current head coaches, guys who have never been head coaches, guys who have said, yeah, I ain't leaving, uh, wherever they are now. Um, they, I mean, spin the wheel. It's like when you walk into a casino and you see the money wheel. Worst betting casino. But you walk in and you see the money wheel, and it's the first thing because you get the eager folks. I don't want to give me a $5 bill on whatever, and you lose your 5 bucks. That's the Oklahoma coaching search right now. Now, it also has a couple of high-profile names on it that maybe have a little bit bigger square. Uh, on that wheel, want to welcome on right now a guy we always love talking to when it comes time to discuss OU football. He is a host on Sports Talk 1400, Yonder and Norman. Every afternoon, Tyler McComas. Tyler, how are you?
1: Uh, going through a coaching search for the first time since 1998, so it's a little crazy right here, Chuck, as you can imagine.
4: Yeah, how did this unfold that it was a no to LSU, but it turns out he was gettable? and USC got him, Um, was it simply – there's a phrase that uh, was used in the media when the Texas Rangers convinced A-Rod to sign there. They said they money-whipped him, Um, that they just offered so much money that there was no possible answer other than, yes, I'll take the money. Um, Does it go beyond that?
1: I think it does. Um, USC offered an unbelievable deal for sure, and so that is a factor. But I think once OU announced the move to the SEC – I think that that's when he had wandering eyes. Now, people around here will tell you that's because, you know, he was scared of the competition and the SEC. That's Saban's league. That's Kirby Smart's league. What's He he doesn't want any part of trying to compete out there. Maybe. That, I mean, that could be true. I think it's about he looked at OU as a program and said, you know what? I don't think that this program is ready to – Compete at the level that we've been competing in that conference. If you look at, you know, recruiting staffers, here's how many we have compared to how many Texas A&M has. Here's the level of personnel that we have compared to what Alabama has. I just think that he saw some flaws within the program that made him really nervous about how OU is going to compete in that league. So I think he had wandering eyes really throughout the entire regular season and the rumors that are coming out. It kind of feels like that is that's really true. So I don't think it was just that USC was his dream job and he couldn't say no to that. I think that there's a lot of jobs that he would have probably said yes to with this massive move coming for OU to lead the Big 12 soon.
4: Well, he's not the only one out of town, and I don't say that flippantly. Uh, There are a few names already, some really high-profile guys like preseason Heisman Trophy favorites, um, Hazelwood, Rattler, uh, let's talk transfer portal, and how you expect it to finally settle out.
1: Well, the big name is Caleb Williams, right? If whoever the new head coach is can keep Caleb Williams, then you feel pretty optimistic heading into next season. But if you can't keep Caleb Williams, he's gone, Rattler's gone, then all of a sudden you're kind of looking at next season and saying, well, for the first time since 1998, OU will not have national championship aspirations. And depending on what conference that they're in, and they may not even have conference title aspirations. So the whole key to this, Hazelwood leaving, you can replace him. Spencer Rattler leaving, you can replace him. Theo Wees, you can replace him as well. You cannot, you absolutely cannot afford to lose Caleb Williams, and that's going to be objective number one for whoever this next head coach is. You're going to lose recruits in the 2022 class you already have. Yeah. You've already lost other guys in the 23 class that's going to have, but you got to keep Caleb Williams.
4: And uh, that was the other uh, item I wanted to mention, that um, there have been some elite recruits who have also kind of jumped off the uh, Sooner Schooner the past 24 hours. Uh, and I would expect that to continue. There's no coach right now. Uh, let's talk about candidates. Um, I mentioned that it's all over the board. Let's start with one who, as far as I know, Brent Venables has no head coaching experience at all. Uh, what's the idea at uh, around Norman when the name Brent Venables is spoken?
1: There is one candidate and one candidate only right now that, if he was hired today, would get 100% support in terms of everybody would be on board. Nobody would really question it. Everyone around here would say, yes, that's a great hire, and it's the name that you just mentioned, Brent Venables. I like Brent Venables a lot because he has a championship pedigree. He kind of has championship DNA. And I say that because he's coached at three places in his career, Kansas state, Oklahoma, and Clemson. And at every one of those stops, It was kind of a rebuild situation. I don't know if that's fair to say about Clemson, but they were making the climb when he got there. And every single time it happened. No, Kansas State didn't win a national championship when he was there, but they had their best seasons in program history. Year two, he helped Oklahoma win a national championship after not going to a bowl game for several years before. And, of course, we know what he did at Clemson. I like – OU wants to win a national championship. It's been 21 years. It's all everyone cares about – around here get a coach in here who knows what it looks like and knows what it takes to take a program to that next step to that next level to win a title everyone around here like lincoln riley when he was here chuck but there was complaints about the program was too soft. Uh, they weren't good enough defensively. They weren't disciplined as a program. If you bring in Brent Venables tomorrow, I think you're going to get back to having elite defenses. You're going to be a tough, hard-nosed program like Oklahoma's been in the past. To me, Brent Venables makes more sense than anybody else on the board.
4: A couple of more minutes. Tyler McComas, again, Sports Talk 1400 in Norman. Uh, what? Have, and by the way, if I mention a name and you're, you really are thinking, no, Chuck, that's dumb, you can say it. Uh, What about the current defensive coordinator, Alex Grinch?
1: Well, he's going to be at USC. So, I mean, he he got on a plane yesterday with Lincoln Riley, so I don't foresee him coming back. I I think he's going to be the SCDC next year, yeah.
4: All right, well, let's move on then to um, a a guy who does have head coaching experience. How about uh, Josh Heupel?
1: Yeah, I I, I don't see that one. I mean, he's the guy that got fired here as an O.C., um, has there ever been a situation in major college football history where a guy got fired as an offensive coordinator and came back and, and was the head coach? I just I don't I don't see that happen. There's been bridges burned there. Um, it was really nope. awkward when Bob fired him. They haven't talked since. I mean, it's really awkward there. I I don't even think that he'd get a call to be honest with you.
4: Uh, Lane Kiffin has to be mentioned.
1: Uh, OU is not going to go They're They're just not going to make that type of hire. And I understand that Lane Kiffin is in a lot of ways, what you enjoyed with Lincoln Riley. Lane Kiffin might be a great hire to keep Caleb Williams, what we were just talking about. Right. But the path that's been there, the fact that Lane has always had wandering eyes, no matter where he's been, just knowing this current administration, I would think that he's another guy that probably wouldn't get a phone call either.
4: All right, uh, last name for you is the guy who I think is sitting in the chair as of today. There's nothing to do really, but uh, Bob Stoops. Um, is he the Barry Alvarez of Oklahoma?
1: Yeah. So they had a press conference yesterday. Bob Stoops, Joe Castiglione, the athletic director, and Joe Harris, the president, and a member of the media asked Bob that. It's like, is there a chance that this is any? If this is longer than temporary. And, man I coach speak exists we know that I he, they just really gave off the tone that this is this is an interim thing he's out he was out recruiting last night he's going to be the interim coach for the bowl game and and I and I really don't see it lasting beyond that mm-hmm. I will give you a name though before I get out of here if it's not if it's not uh, Brett Venables look hard at Shane beamer he was here for a couple years and during his time here I mean they People around here were super impressed with what he was all about. No, he wasn't a coordinator or called plays or anything like that. But we've seen what he can do now at South Carolina. I don't know if he would leave Columbia because he said time and time again how committed he is to that job. But I, I do think that he is someone that will get a call, uh, that will draw interest. And will if, if they strike out on Brent Bittables for whatever reason, I could see them really going after Shane Beamer.
4: It just is – it is uh, so fast and furious right now, and the change on the roster is going on as well. Um, and we have early signing period in what now is exactly three weeks uh, or three weeks from tomorrow. So – um, is that has to be uh, on the minds of the administration there to get this done sooner rather than later. And there, there is actually there, – there are actually other premier jobs available. Um, OU's got to be at the top of that list right now. Would give, do you have any expected timeline?
1: I would expect by the end of the week just because, you know, they, they're losing recruits, yeah. kind of like you're saying, left and right. I mean, you, you've got to do some damage control. And Bob's out there recruiting right now, but there's only so much that he can do. There's only so much that he can say. You've got to get your guy in place by the end of the week. The joke around here is, you know, Oklahoma State beat OU over the weekend. I got a four-hour show, Chuck. We didn't talk about that once yesterday. Nobody talked about it yesterday. This whole Lincoln-Riley thing totally stole the thunder away from Oklahoma State fans. So the joke is, well... Maybe they'll just announce it during the middle of the big 12 championship game that they're not playing you on in Saturday to steal the thunder one more time from Oklahoma state. I don't think that that'll happen. I would think maybe Thursday or Friday, we figure out who it is. And if I had to guess, I guess it's Brent Venables.
4: And that's why I was asking you the timeline is because normally a program, not of Oklahoma's ilk, um, but a program that is going to hire, for instance, a coordinator from a team playing in the conference championship game, it's always that Sunday morning after, you know, championship Saturday. Um, And Venables obviously doesn't have those duties. And so um, if it's going to come in the next day or two, then then that certainly would make him available. Uh, Tyler, appreciate it as always, brother. Thanks so much. You bet. All right. Tyler McComaskin, again, Sports Talk 1400, Norman. So uh, you got to wait. And you got to wait until Alabama has played or Clemson has played or whoever has played. And then the next Sunday morning, before the bids are even announced, before the the four seeds are announced and then all the bowl bids start unfolding, uh, that's when the hire's made. Well, for the first time since, uh, gosh, first time since – Maybe his second year at Clemson? Is that right? He doesn't have, or maybe ever, uh, he does not have those responsibilities on championship Saturday. And so there is no need to wait. And so I'm kind of, it surprised me that I got out of good names as soon as I did. It surprised me that because I wanted to ask about um, the old DC, I wanted to ask about the previous DC who's going to Southern Cal, um, Heupel, which they would be weird, but he had success in Tennessee, Oklahoma. Like, I don't know if it would be more awkward for Oklahoma or for, for Hypel show up, start winning. Um, but I, I quickly ran out of names that seem a fit for that caliber, a job. And the, the sort of emerging dynamic behind it, uh, of where they're headed conference wise. So, um, I'll give Lincoln Riley credit. Not as many cards to play, and he could have stayed at Oklahoma for another two or three years, and and then gone to the NFL or whatever. He had he had a lot of right options, but um, with that scenario facing him, he certainly spun it into a great great deal.
3: Now back to Southern Sports Today and the Chuck Oliver Show.
4: There was a time, and it's not so far in the rear view, that I was consistently told the best competition in college football Tuesdays in Troy. The USC Tuesday uh, practice, where it was was up for grabs, man. Every spot on that roster. Um, What Pete Carroll had assembled. And I'm not even talking like Snoop Dogg on the sidelines. Um, I'm talking about just what that program was. It had the belt, okay? In the early 00s for a good part of that decade, it had the belt. It was, it was the 33rd franchise. Um, and then it wasn't that anymore, and it wasn't even close. And then I, I didn't understand this earlier in the season with Southern Cal. Um, they, they lost week two to Stanford. They lost to Stanford, fired its head coach, all right, gave up 42 points and promoted the DC. And then they gave up 45-42, 31-34 in a win and 62. Well, they have a head coach now, and i got to say that this is uh, – it, it it'll make you sit up and take a, a, a longer look at USC for just a minute. That is for sure this morning. I want to welcome on a guy we've talked to before, owner and publisher of uscfootball.com. It is Ryan Abraham. Ryan, how are you
6: today? Doing all right. It's been absolutely crazy. Covering the USC beat, there's always a lot of weird stuff going on, but uh, usually it's bad news. And USC fans actually had some good news this weekend, uh, getting Lincoln Riley, which was absolutely insane.
4: Give me the timeline of your understanding, for instance, um, of the hire and how it unfolded, and how it went from playing footsie to sign contract. Um, Just give us a breakdown because LSU was told, "Yeah, Lincoln Riley, he ain't gettable."
6: Yeah, and I I don't think that many people thought Lincoln Riley would be gettable. But it's interesting. This, you know, Mike Bone and Brandon Saadna, the guys that came over from Cincinnati, when they had an opening, I think it was 2014 they had Lincoln Riley at the top of their list. And he never, he actually said, he never. they told us he never returned the call, uh, but they didn't realize at the time he was going to be taking over uh, for Bob Stoops, who was going to retire. So there was no way he was going to go to Cincinnati. He was going to get the Oklahoma job, but they've had their sights on him for a long time. But I think a lot of things had to fall into place, including that Bedlam game. If Oklahoma wins, he's probably not going to end up at USC, but it was really like after that game, late night phone calls, Early morning Zoom meetings, uh, making it happen, and I think you know they—they they had a bunch of bios prepared for the sports information department at usc lincoln riley wasn't one of them so this seemed like they had their guys like in place that they wanted to get but there was sort of like this white whale there was this this home run hail mary at the end you could try to get lincoln riley and somehow they came down with the ball in the end zone and, and get the top guy that they had on their board uh,
4: just for curiosity's sake i mean was it luke fickle was it uh, whomever else that we had heard some of the familiar names uh, who were the the, the runner-ups
6: Yeah, I mean, they they haven't told us. uh, Just from what we've heard, though, I think like the Luke Fickles, the uh, Matt Campbells from Iowa State, the Dave Arandas, I think those are the ones that make – the most sense in what we've heard, but um, you know, and it's just, it's been, a, obviously it's a silly, crazy coaching season, but when they had that opportunity to get Lincoln Riley, I think all those other guys were oh, put on the back burner.
4: Alright, well let's talk about uh, talent acquisition and I, you know, traditionally with recruiting, I could tell you, oh yeah, LA area, and that's fantastic. Um, I have seen, and you take this wherever you want to, because I want to know about his ability to build that roster back to what it's supposed to be, um, but take this anywhere you want. Um, I think that the transfer portal is actually it it is a greater benefit in this example for a program like USC because all those great players who transfer there is always the thought you know what maybe I should have just stayed home in the first place so if you're from an area like Los Angeles if your programs I think you have even more success potentially in the portal but uh, give me your download on Lincoln Riley and rebuilding
6: that roster yeah, UC, USC's done that. Like Chris Steele, their cornerback, went to Florida. He ends up transferring back in. Brew McCoy was a five-star receiver. Was at Texas, he came back. So I think that's a potential. And if they hired anyone else except Lincoln Riley, I think you'd say that. Like, hey, it's got to go transfer portal because this recruiting class is just too late. Uh, they've had their best guys decommit, and they're not going to be able to pull it together. The one thing about Lincoln Riley is he's recruiting Southern California as good as anybody, and that was from Norman, Oklahoma. You've seen, I think, eight decommitments mm-hmm. from the time the announcement happened. On from the Oklahoma staff, Brian Kelly just went to LSU. They have like four or five blue chip guys from Southern California committed. I think all those guys are on the table. Lincoln Riley was already in home last night. In the five star uh, running backs from modern day, his, you know, in his home. I think he can actually salvage this class with two recruiting weekends left, and uh, you know, really get some guys on campus be able to visit some of these players. And, and, and when you have a head coaching change, people that have took it, taken an official visit can take another one because there's a new head coach yep. there. So they're going to scramble these last two weeks. So I think he could put together a really good class, probably with some of the pieces from the Oklahoma class, and then also, like you said, hit the transfer portal hard. That's just any time there's going to be a coaching change, players are going to get run out. They're not going to like the, the new direction of the program for whatever reason. Uh, and you're going to see some change in the in the roster. So I think they're going to build it two ways. But Lincoln Riley, to me, is the only one that could have saved the 2022 recruiting class. Everyone else would sort of have to wait till next year.
4: Uh, I always say, cause we're on our footprint, we're on 55 sticks, but you know, it's basically Southeast, you know, but I say the reason we talk about, for instance, the Utah head coaching job is because they may come for your coordinator in the sec or ACC. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's another thing I was mentioning over the weekend, just different text messages I was getting, um, whether Kyle Whittingham, like, give me, give me your personal crystal ball on how long he's at Utah, because, um, they may be the biggest kid on the block right now in that division.
6: For sure, and uh, you know his name actually came up when it seemed like USC might be striking out some of the top guys. Yeah. They, people have brought him up. Uh, he just seems like a Utah guy through and through. You know, he took over for Urban Meyer. I mean, yeah. how crazy is yeah. that? He's been there for a long, long time. I, mean, I think he's sixty or sixty-one right now, and he's talked about you know potentially retiring. But you know, they've won the division, you know, three of the last four years. And obviously, it's going to be a lot tougher now that Lincoln Riley's in your division. But still. Uh, they've had such great success and uh, you know, they beat the crap out of Oregon. I'm going to go to the game on Friday to see them play Oregon again at PAC 12 championship game in Vegas. But my my gut is he's going to retire there uh, as a, as a Ute. But uh, I mean, there's, the amount of money being thrown around, I mean, yeah. you could go work somewhere for four or five years and make $50 million and change your life. So I'm not going to say never, but my guess is he's going to retire at you.
4: Uh Herm will be back for next year at Arizona State. And that's a talented roster. It's a weird team, but it's a talented roster. Um, how real of a threat, uh, and I'm just trying to get the the landscape, you know, the vision for this division and then the conference once Lincoln is there. What is Arizona State right now?
6: They're kind of a mess, like USC was, sort of. Uh, I mean, this was a roster that was built for the 2021 oh, football yeah. season, yeah. and that scandal really sort of set everyone back. I mean, having to suspend three assistant coaches, um, you know, and in, in, in the beginning of the season, and you know, now that they announced he's coming back, the, the whole athletic department is tied to. Hermed words with Ray Anderson, his former agent, being the AD. Uh, we've already seen a couple of guys enter the transfer portal. There's probably going to be more. Roster turnover. I mean, Jay Daniels is a great quarterback. He just never seemed to develop. So there's there's some major issues going on. They had a lot of penalties. Uh, I'm really curious to see. I, mean, I I thought they would make a change, and they haven't. Uh it could be a really kind of rocky off season for Arizona State. But I I I thought they could win the division in, in this season, but the fact that they didn't, they struggled at times. I don't think it's gonna get much brighter uh in twenty twenty two and beyond.
4: Yeah, and I really thought that they would be even a little better on defense. Um UCLA, what is uh where is Chip right now? Because it's better, but it I don't know if it's good.
6: Yeah, I think the big thing will be getting a new defensive coordinator in there. Uh they they have to do that. I mean the, the fact that Everyone was thinking that Chip Kelly was going to be gone after the season. But, you know, finish, uh, finish is strong, and, uh, you know, it's the best season that he's had there. It's first time they've beat an out-of-conference team, uh, first time they're going to have a winning record. Uh, so I think that, you know, they're in the right direction. The problem is it's like four years in the program. Yep. Uh, he ran a lot of guys off and stuff. There's I know a lot of UCLA fans are sort of upset uh, that he's actually going to be coming back. Um, but, you know, if he can build, he, I, they have the pieces there. He just doesn't recruit like he should recruit being a major school in Los Angeles and this talent pool around him. Uh, but I think they got to get a, a better defensive coordinator in there. And if they do, uh, they can be on par. But I know UCLA fans aren't happy that USC hired Lincoln Riley and, and they get to stick with Chip Kelly. I loved him when he got hired, but it just hasn't worked out all that well. If he, if he he But if he gets a good defensive coordinator, they run the football well, uh, I think this, be a team that you would, uh, you know, you would fear in the Pac-12 South, but they've just sort of been teetering on the edge, beating like bad teams and not really being as competitive with the good teams in the, uh, in the conference.
4: And can I fairly sum up the rest of the division? Colorado refuses to spend and Arizona's
6: wretched. Yeah, uh, I like Jeff, Jeff Fish uh, at Arizona. I mean, they went 1 and 11 this year, and they they beat a COVID Cal team. That was it. Uh, but I think he's building. It's gonna. It probably gonna take a while, but I think he's doing some good things and getting people excited. Carl Durell just seemed like it was a weird thing from the very beginning yeah. uh, with with uh, Colorado, but they. You know, they they had to make some changes. Their their offense at times was unwatchable. The fact that they almost beat Texas A&M is baffling to me. I mean, that was just – yeah, so those teams – I don't know. I don't, I'm not not a lot of hope for that. I, I think Arizona's going in the right direction, but it's probably going to take them a while to get there.
4: Last thing for you, and I want to talk environment at the home games um, because, I don't know, maybe it was a month ago, and I was texting with a buddy, and I'm like, you know, I mentioned there's no Snoop Dogg. There is no Snoop Dogg. It's not Reggie Bush. You don't have a coach. Um, there's like 30,000 people there. Um, I think it was the Arizona game maybe and I was like what are you doing right now and Kirby Smart's going oh the USC recruiting class yeah that's a buffet um where is the fan base right now and if it is 2 years down the road and the team is you can tell it's real and it's changing it's getting what do you think a home game looks like in 2 years if if it takes hold
6: yeah listening to Lincoln Riley yesterday we we're in the Coliseum overlooking you know from the top of the tower and he talked about we're going to fill this place and i think they can you know i feel like they had pretty good student support uh, this season, but, you know, firing your coach two games in and, you know, they gave a ton of points uh, at, at home. I mean, they just were not good. They were not competitive at home. And I think it's going in the direction where you want it to go. Just seeing the response from them hiring a real coach. Um, they just had bad athletic directors, former football players. They've had bad head coaching. Now you get a real coach. They've actually gone out and spend the money and are going to get someone that's good. I feel like the, the fans are going to react. I mean, just from our shows that we've done, we've had record numbers um, of everything just in the last 48 hours because fans are just attuned out. They were, they were over Clay Helton years ago. They didn't want him to be hired to begin with, and he was there for seven years. Um, so there was a lot of apathy, I think, in the fan base. I bet you they're going to be coming back in in you know in, in big numbers now, just because they wanted something new, they wanted something fresh. Lincoln Riley will put up a bunch of points. They might give up a bunch of points too, but they will score and be fun. You know, Graham Harrell was supposed to be yep. 50 points a game guy, and you know, you go, you score 17 against a you know a, a bad team like that, that's just not what USC football should be. So I, I think you're going to be able to pack it up again. Um, you know, we'll see if they can get to like Pete Carroll levels, but if he, any sense of win of winning there again, I think the fans will uh, respond to it.
4: All right. Well, since the website is uscfootball.com, either you were the first person on the internet or you wrote a check to somebody <laughs> to get that, but, uh, I do want to tell people it is uscfootball.com and it's about the best, uh, information for Troy out there. Ryan, I appreciate you brother.
6: Oh, uh, thanks for having me on.
4: All right. Ryan Abraham again, he got the blue check. So I know it's him, um, yeah, folks, um, in fact, my good friend Brandon Adams, um, I remember this was when we first started this show was seven years ago, and he's with Dog Nation now. Dan, what's the word? Is that dognation.com?
5: Dognation.com, part you. Of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
4: Yes. Hey, yes, all of that. Uh, and so Brandon was telling me he had the idea before, like Cox Media, millions and millions and millions of dollars, they had the idea, too. So Brandon and Cox Media, now obviously he's doing it for them, but he said the point of it, he's like, Chuck, I spent weeks just trying to find an available website name. He's like, there's none out there. I spelled dogs, D-O-G, D-A-W-G. I put an S on it, dogs with a Z on the end. It was like, there's nothing out there uscfootball.com. So that's what he got. Uh, Good for Ryan Abraham. All right, we're going to break, come back, wrap up on a Tuesday next.
3: Always college football time in the South. Now back to more of the king of college football, Chuck Oliver, on Southern Sports Today.
4: Lincoln still hasn't been able to figure out how to get a defensive coordinator. Brian
3: has figured out both.
4: And Lincoln took over something that was already built and maintained it, Uh, whereas Brian has brought Notre Dame up. So I, I think it's a better risk. And I think right now, LSU, in terms of this silly season, did what they were supposed to do. Dave two on Twitter, CFB Matrix, on our program every Tuesday. And he was talking about the LSU hire, Brian Kelly, that in his mind, better hire than Lincoln Riley. And I, I think I agree with him. In fact, no, 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 no. Let me take that back. I do agree with him. And I think I, I, I know why most folks who have pause or would say, uh uh-uh, uh, it's Lincoln. I think I know why. All offense. And the association of Lincoln Riley with shotgun, high pace, up-tempo, all of this, that um, run it up and score. Well, Brian Kelly can do all of that stuff, too. But um, it's that he's been at OU, and that has been their signature. Passing the ball and scoring a bunch of points. And so we give extra credit for that now. Um, Brian Kelly, so that was – uh, Dave Bar saying no, don't sell Brian Kelly short. He's actually the better hire in in Dave's opinion. He's the better hire for reasons A, B, C, D, etc. Um, he's been criticized as well. Brian Kelly is for his 11 minute goodbye. I told you earlier. I only had one question about it. Like the final ten and a half minutes, what is he doing? All right. Here is my scenario, and I'm not being like casual or callous about this. He walks in, he calls a team meeting. Everybody shows up. They're in the Notre Dame locker room. You've probably heard, and it's true, I'm leaving for another job. All right, that took about six seconds. After, you know, you fill in some details and then get to you'll always be special, and then I love you on the way out the door. Like, Ed Ogeron did it right the other day. Now, there is there is one huge similarity between Ed and Brian. They weren't the coach anymore For the team that they were around. Ed Ogeron was like, you don't want me around here. I'm gone. Let's go to Destin. Brian Kelly. Like, what was he supposed to do? Touch phones with every kid to make certain they all have his new LSU number? Isn't that how you give contacts with iPhones? You can touch just like touch phones? I I don't know. Yeah, there's a phone. Maybe it's uh, the Google phones. You just touch phones. Schedule like sit-downs with parents. I'm leaving. I I know I've only coached your son for 2 years and we were thinking 3 4 5 but um yeah I'm what, what? it was already inappropriate because he was in the Notre Dame locker room with the Notre Dame players and he wasn't Notre Dame coach anymore. Love you and bye. That's what needed to happen. Now the flip side of this equation that because it was Bartu saying, mm, I'll actually side with Kelly, and and I don't think it's much of a question. Not that Lincoln Riley is an outstanding choice, but in that elite group, Brian Kelly is even better. For Lincoln Riley, yes, it was the money. It was the $100 million plus. It was the use of the private jet whenever he wanted it. It was that USC was buying both of his homes in Norman, for $500,000 each above asking, which I, we talked about this with Ann Arbor. I've talked about it was so many college towns. The only person who can buy the old coach's house is the new coach. So USC's like, we'll buy both of them. He had the OC house outside of town. Then he had the head coach house in town. Now he's got a $6 million. So it was, it was the money. Absolutely. The money and the jet and the house and everything. But it was more... It's what's ahead for Oklahoma and what's ahead for USC. Knew that it was going to be a completely new challenge in the SEC. And I talked about this last week. I said, if you stay at Oklahoma, you're joining the SEC regardless. So if you're going to join the SEC, at least join them as the LSU coach because that's a better situation to win in that conference. Lincoln Riley, boy, he must have been listening on the app. He won uh, he up me. He was like, yeah, better path to winning. Chuck, that's a good idea, and I agree with you, that if I'm going to stay in the SEC, LSU would be the place to be versus Oklahoma. I agree with you. I think I've come up with another way I can win. I'll get out of the conference altogether. If I'm going to the SEC, I will have to rework the entire roster and compete against all of them? Uh-uh. Raw Dog out. Essentially, the Southeastern Conference just ran off one of the most successful coaches in the game the past four seasons because of how great the SEC players are and the style of play you are forced to participate in. Dan, what's up?
5: Well, I think the other part too as well is we're going to have to see what happens with Marcus Freeman and also with Tommy Reese because reports are out there. He wants to bring them both yeah. to LSU with him. And, you know, it's one of those things it's nothing against Marcus Freeman. I just think that Notre Dame is going to look and say, we're not there yet. And here's what I mean is that we oh, yeah he thinks, he's saw, a,
4: he thinks he could be the Notre Dame coach.
5: Well, I mean, and, and it's not just him thinking it because Brian Kelly even said it as much too. I think that it was last off season that he said something like that and people were like oh my gosh he's like yeah. basically already like given the exit plan and everything and having him uh, ready to go in case that he does indeed decide to go elsewhere or just give up coaching in general but i think it's also too as well is that you have to kind of reach a certain point Mean you've heard this term before but some people haven't there was an nfl gm who once used the term puke point. And I think in terms of hiring coaches, certain programs finally reached that point. Texas finally reached it with saying, fine, we'll go offensive coordinator because they tried the hot shot in Charlie Strong. It didn't work. They tried the same thing with Tom Herman. It didn't work. I think that finally with not only the buyout money that they were paying, but also to the boosters saying, hey, Chris, you got to think about this a little bit differently because obviously us just bringing the name here is not what's going to work. I think for certain programs, they finally do reach that point now some people might ask what about Georgia Georgia went with Kirby Smart because let's be honest here I think that Greg McGarrity at the time and the boosters looked at what he was doing at Alabama and said you know what if Nick stepped aside and they promoted Kirby Smart I don't think many Alabama fans would say clutch the pearls this thing is going to get out of hand they would have said hey he can continue it and maybe even who knows maybe even make it better
4: Yeah, and South Carolina got motivated at that point. Um, There's always intrigue and backstories, and it's usually years later that we find out uh, who actually was offered and turned down and everything else. Um, So Jimbo Fisher, his role in this, he will circle back around and be included as well when the stories come out. All right, uh, wraps it up on a Tuesday, folks. Uh, Give me 22 hours. I will recharge the batteries. We'll be back tomorrow with more college football conversation right here on Chuck Oliver Show.